It's time for faith and life to connect. I first go before God, working on who and what I am before Him and what He's calling me to be as a husband. Where a Christian walk meets our day-to-day life. Dealing with that baggage can mean anything from delaying the marriage to dealing with the baggage. For sure. And where it's okay to laugh a little. Meaningless days, I look at. <laughs> I'm looking at meaningless days and live happily with the woman you love, and I'm trying to figure out how they wind up in the same set. <laughs> We're not saying that the marriage is meaningless. Heaven forbid we say. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. This is The Session with Tom Russell from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. What triggers your potential spouse? And that you guys both agree, yeah, they are triggers, and it is, as we grow, something we have to work through. But we're going to give you sort of the grace and space to do that. Good morning. It is time for Faith and Life to connect here on The Session on Rise FM. I am Scott here with Tom from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. How's the king of the cranium this morning? Hey, he's doing good. Good. Yes. We are going to dive into a um, a different topic, another one I don't think we've ever talked about. That's true. And, we've had um, a fear of it. Yeah. We've. <laughs> anyway, we're going to talk about phobias today and I'm kind of assuming, being you and me, it's going to take two weeks. So just kind of plan for that in your calendar. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Yeah. All right. So we're going to dive into phobias after we dive into God's Word, Tom. Well, and Scott, out of Paul's writings in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, I think there's a very appropriate verse. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted... He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. And yeah. there are there are ways out. Yes. You know, if you have a fear of spiders, a the the bottom of your shoe is a way out. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah. Because it's not on your wall. With any anyhow. Yes. Uh, I, yeah, I really thought that that may have been one of the more appropriate passages for one of our shows. Oh, cool. I thought Good. that was really kind of neat. Good. So, all right. So as we we're going to kind of cover some of the 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 bigger phobias as we go along today and then hopefully by the time we're done well i've found some unusual ones <laughs> we'll get to yeah <laughs> we'll try and get to the pronunciations <laughs> of which will be a whole lot of fun for you at least uh yeah. so first of all the national institute of mental health suggests that phobias affect about 10 percent of u.s adults each year so my daughter is not alone i am not alone Tom is not alone. That's right. And Tommy, what what are a couple of your uh, your phobias? As a parent, the fear of heights was definitely a, a, an issue. Definitely did not like getting up high, but our children figured that out. <laughs> and were able to use it accordingly. Oh, they did. <laughs> they had a heyday getting dad as high off the ground as possible <laughs> and then laughing hysterically at me when it bothered me. Uh-huh, yeah. I would say when, in my teaching days, it was much stronger back then. Well, and of course, I learned about phobias in my clinical classes, and believe it or not, one of the ways I learned it was I applied it to me. So I'm not as worried, you know, flying as an example. Some people have that as a fear. It no longer is to me. I'm very thankful for the safety part of it, but to be able to go up there and relax for three hours and let somebody else drive the ship. Yeah, yeah let uh, some guy named Bob fly the hollow metal tube. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, uh, so in the fear of spiders. Yeah, you and I are in con- in agreement there. Yeah. If it's in my territory, <laughs> it's dead meat. It is not going to see another sunrise. And then it'll get a sailor's funeral, which we at least want to be that respectful, Scott. <laughs> Okay, I like that one. It means we flush it down the commode. <laughs> That's right. 
Yeah. All right. Let's start time with this. What what is it that gives us that fear of heights or the fear of spiders what brings these on scott i think a fear of what we don't have control of if we can't control it then it is likely going to bother us and, and interrupt life here's another one as a great example i love to swim in a pool i could spend a long time in there and i do my lap swimming i have no interest in going out and wading out into the ocean <laughs> Okay. Because I don't have any control of what's on the bottom. Uh-huh. And you don't know what's down there. Or what's going to swim up to you. That's right. Uh-huh. Or have you for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> so another one is if you've had a traumatic experience of it in the past, then it will haunt you or it could haunt you without putting it in perspective and moving on and, and finding help for it. So what is it that makes a phobia a phobia at the we're going down our first rabbit hole here mm-hmm. uh what what is it that makes you know there there are things that we just kind of you about versus yeah. things that makes makes us jump on a chair and go ah! well i think it's the degree of how it impacts us and it affects us the spiders i'm not quite as wound up about them as i am maybe some other ones it used to be believe it or not the fear of public speaking oh amen brother yeah oh yeah you are put in the position where you're emceeing a lot of stuff. Uh-huh. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. The, this is the safest I feel is sitting right in here. No you kidding. get me out in front of a couple thousand of my closest friends, and if, if I have paper in my hand, if I have to uh-huh. read stuff, you will, if you look at me closely, my hand's shaking. Whoa. Oh, yeah. That's been the, one of the things that's freaked me out the most. Well, and it's not Parkinson's either. No, not yet anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you would never know that. When you uh, MC the Richmond Pregnancy Fundraiser or, you know... Some... I'm around a lot of friends then. Okay. I'm around friends and that's easier. Okay. But if I'm, I'm in front of, like, we did a Christian concert when I was with another station at the Celeste Center at the Ohio State Fair. You're in front of 12,000 of your closest friends. That can be nerve-wracking up there. Especially when, when Michael tells you before you go out on stage, Michael W. Smith said to me, we need about five minutes. Can you hold for me? <laughs> oh, great. And I looked at him and I said, sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was looking under the tarp at the piano. I was asking if there was anybody here from out of town. <laughs> yeah. I'm, not, I gotta, I'm treading water oh, here. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, I was in over my head. I was so happy when I saw that spotlight blink and I knew he was ready that, oh, boy. Yeah. I almost ran off the stage. But there's something I have been wanting to ask you that I didn't put on the run sheet. So rabbit hole number two. Okay. Can our phobias change? And I think I picked this up from you a minute ago. Can our phobias change over time? Something that didn't bother us when we were younger, when we get older, and all of a sudden now climbing a ladder freaks me out. It never used to. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And it also freaks my wife out if I try to climb a ladder. <laughs> She's tired of nursemaiding me and put me back together. She's got 911 right there ready to push send. That's right. She's not holding the ladder. She's holding the phone. She's going to hit the. Yeah, because life changes. If we go back to the fear of heights, uh, one of the reasons I had the fear of heights was that if something happened to one of our children when we were up that high, who's the one that's going to be diving after him? You. That's right. <laughs> See, yeah. that's what, as I've gotten older, my fear of heights has gotten worse. Uh huh. But when I was a kid, Rick and I would go up and build tree houses. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Didn't bother me at all. Now, just climbing the ladder 15 feet to get up to power wash the side of the house. 
Sherry's got to be down there talking me through it. <laughs> oh, sure. My Absolutely. daughter's holding her phone going, come on, Dad. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. I have fear when our grandchildren climb our tree in the front yard. We have a tree in the front yard that's perfect for climbing. But it scares the bejeepers out of me <laughs> because, you know, they may fall and, and do something drastic. Another great example, when our oldest son was maybe seven, maybe eight in there somewhere, what he wanted for his birthday to celebrate his birthday is he wanted to go see Niagara Falls. So we took a long weekend, we packed everybody up, and we went to Niagara Falls. So we're standing, you know, behind the little iron railing. To me, it was little. It, uh-huh. it might have been six feet tall. I don't remember, <laughs> but it, to me, it was little. And right where you could see the water going, going over. over. And I'm thinking, guys, okay, have you seen it? We're out of here. <laughs> Take a quick look. Of course, we drove how many hours to get there? And right. We spent 35 seconds looking at it, and then we're out of here. <laughs> and so my fear would be if one of them went over, what would we do? That's a scary thought. That's kind of where we're going today. I think that may exhaust the rabbit holes. I mm. think I've, I think I just about got them all covered. Well, I have a fear of rabbit holes, Scott. A fear said, of but... rabbit holes? Because <laughs> your fear of when you get your foot stuck in, what's going to come up at you that's not a rabbit? Well, it's a rabbit hole phobia that I have on our show. You have a rabbit hole phobia of what I of the show? <laughs> yeah, Aww. No. But I, I enjoy the rabbit trails. I do. I really do. <laughs> all right. Let's dive into some things here, Tom. There's a... Um, let's see, you mentioned first here, the fear of open spaces. Yeah. So this is acrophobia. It's symptoms that include things like, uh, leaving home alone. You wouldn't want to do that for agoraphobia. It's a fear of spaces and it could be a large number of people. Years ago, I treated a freshman in college who had gone away to school. And when he would go into the cafeteria, the vending machines that he wanted was on the other side of the cafeteria. He could not walk across that cafeteria to the vending machines because of all these people that were in there and his fear of what they might be thinking. Wow. You know, we treated him, we helped him, praise the Lord, he did well, and was able to make it. But that's a fear of open spaces because there it is again. You don't really have control of what's happening in those open spaces. And what would happen if you got partway across that open space and something uncomfortable happened, and what would you do? So some of the symptoms would be like leaving home alone, uh, crowds, or waiting in line. Well, no, I think at our age, there's one that definitely gets worse <laughs> as you get older. Yeah. I'm, you know, going to Disney World, that's the one in Florida. We did that. A we, lot. <laughs> yeah, and and I think we were in line so long that we helped the people in front of us raise their children. <laughs> <laughs> you gave away some free sessions. That's right. I mean, o- o- over years, you know, I think they were in elementary school when we got in line, and I think we were talking graduation when we finally made it through the line. <laughs> yeah, it's <clears throat> it's amazing. So then also, in closed spaces, such as, as movie theaters, elevators, or small stores, you know, it, that's also would fall more than likely under claustrophobia yeah it kind of sounds like they're big opposites you've got the fear of the open spaces and then the fear of the closed-in spaces that's right yeah yeah it used to be in a habit that finley has in the mornings is he would jump up on the bed with us 
and want to be snuggled for a few minutes before we got up. Well, you know, when he's six months, eight months, and a year old, that was no big deal. Now he weighs 80 pounds. <laughs> so now you got a Volkswagen jumping up on you. Basically, yeah. <laughs> it's a commentary about Volkswagens, too. <laughs> so when he jumps up and I'm in the middle and he's 80 pounds and I don't, I can't move him as well anymore, that has a claustrophobic kind of feeling to it. So those are probably, Scott, what we're talking about. It's two of the more popular, more well-known phobias would be claustrophobia and agoraphobia. When our field went to Zoom and you know some other virtual sessions, all of a sudden it opened up a great modality to help those who struggle with agoraphobia. We could actually talk to them through Zoom or oh yeah, like that. well yeah. that makes sense because you couldn't yeah if you couldn't if you had a fear of leaving the house oh yeah that makes perfect sense. There's another one here. I don't know if we're going to get through the pronunciations. <laughs> There's one of our favorites here. So this one, let's call it the fear of spiders. Yeah, arachnophobia. And we've kind of covered that one. Now, does it matter if it's uh, just a teeny tiny or if it's a furry one? Oh, if it's furry, you know what? And I'm bigger than it is. It's <laughs> toast. I might have to get my hammer out. I. <laughs> my daughter, for years, when she was little... She was terrified of spiders, absolutely uh-huh. terrified of them. And I would hear, Daddy. <laughs> and I'd come in, and what she doesn't understand is that I have a fear of spiders as well. <laughs> and she goes, Dad, and points at the wall. Uh-huh. And there's a spider on the wall, and I'm going, should I have her leave the room hmm. so I can freak out first? <laughs> All right. So um. I go get some toilet paper or a paper towel or something, and then I grab it. Uh huh. And if it gets away from me, then... Then we get out the bottom of the shoe. Oh, uh-huh. Well, then, of course, you have a mess to clean up on the wall. Right. So, yeah. Hey, that uh, mess on the wall, if it means that spider's dead, is... There are, there are marks on the wall in the garage that I refuse to clean up because I consider them marks of victory. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I celebrate success in the garage. <laughs> there, yes. Oh, All right. that's interesting. I want, to, I want to hear you pronounce the next one. Oh, yeah. You give me the tough one. <laughs> so, th- this is... Ophidiophobia. Not bad. It's about the intense fear of snakes. Snakes are also on my list. Although <laughs> around here, I'm not not so bad. Uh, it's it it's really not too terrible to see a garter snake, or sometimes on the golf course we'll see them around here. But if we see a snake in Florida, you don't mess with those. No. And in fact. Uh, when I golf with my son down there, it's like a strict rule. If the ball goes in the high grass, we're not talking necessarily weeds, but something maybe eight inches off and the ball is nestled down. In the in deep it. rough. Yeah. That's a good way to look at that, it. Yeah. In the deep rough, you do not go. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200 or your ball. That's right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now, a couple other phobias that you may have, um, you may experience yourself. That is uh, acrophobia. This is one you and I share, our fear of heights. Yes. Okay, now what degree does this take? Is it anything that's more than like three steps up, or is it just anything that takes you off of ground level? It could be anything that takes you off ground level, but what's what's really makes it even worse is if you look down when you're up there. 
It's like if you get yourself into a position where you you feel uncomfortable because you're high and you keep looking straight out, you'll probably do better. When you look down, that looks awfully. <laughs> See, flying doesn't bother me. Right. I can fly, look out the window, and I'm like, wow, that is really cool. Look at those clouds. Uh-huh. And I go into meteorologist mode. Okay, yeah. But if you get me on the ladder going up the side of the house on the extension right. ladder, I am white-knuckled on the thing, and my ankles are locked up. And yeah, it's oh. like, and usually I'm carrying something because I'm up there to spray the mold off the north side of the house. Okay. And sometimes I have Sherry at the bob, and we've set up a pulley system usually. Oh, wow. Where she will tie it at whatever I need down there. When I get the height I want, then I'll say, okay, let's go. And she'd kind of lift it off the ground, and then I'd pull it up, use it, and then I'd slide it back down. She could refill it, and we bring it back. That way, I don't have to go up and down as much more than I have to. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Now, speaking of uh, flying, there is a fear of flying. That is aerophobia well that makes sense aeronautics aero yeah yeah right. that aerophobia. Half, one of the few that is somewhat common and we it. might remember uh, there was there was a famous sportscaster who suffered from this fear is that right john madden oh that's right remember that's... the madden mobile oh that's right yeah they used to pick on him all the time because he would always drive this travel trailer or this motorhome everywhere he went he never flew and it, it had the big painting on the side i remember yeah. now it i, th- I think yeah. it kind of led to what espn wound up doing with their college game day because they always show up now in an rv yeah that's and true I, I just can't help but wonder if that's kind of was their homage to coach madden that, oh maybe <laughs> yeah believe it or not i have actually had in my career the opportunity several times to help treat an individual who struggled with the fear of flying well what is, what is the key to treatment with that taxis no. <laughs> ubers <laughs> yeah no well what it really is is again a fear of the unknown and and maybe this is a a good place we insert a small sermon in a nutshell oh is tom going down a, a, a biblical rabbit hole here can you believe that wow all right uh, bring it bring it on when we're talking about the idea of the fear of flying again what uh paul wrote in romans 12 right around verses two and three, about renew your mind. When we think about a fear, is a feeling that we're uncomfortable with. However, it comes from, it's generated by a thought that has produced that feeling. So as long as you're going to allow yourself to dwell in those thoughts that produce fear, you're going to have a horrible trip on the plane and it's going to feel like it went forever to get there. <laughs> What's really powerful here is that we, if we impact or change what we think, we will feel different. If you had the thoughts of, in the last year or two, how many airplanes didn't make it and they crashed? Oh, well, I don't think any. Well, you know, if, what happens if I think about that? What if I think about the fact that there are really fewer plane accidents than there are car accidents? So then some people are capable of doing this. So this is another (laughs) uh, rabbit trail off the rabbit trail. But they say, but Tom, Scripture says that God says, lo, I am with you always. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Oh, my.
my. Yeah. Okay. Oh. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, that was a rabbit trail in the rabbit trail. All right. Okay. I have never heard of this one. Xenophobia, an intense yeah. fear of dogs. Well, yeah, because, and it goes back to what we were saying earlier, maybe there was a traumatic experience with a dog. So now we're not as likely going to be okay with dogs. Now, I'm biased. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would say if you have a fear of dogs, you want to get a golden retriever. And but that's a dog. It is, yeah, and it'll help you. Get over that fear? Oh, it'll, it'll recondition the conditioned response about dogs. Interesting. So you can't, that, that can't happen. It can. So getting my granddaughter, who used to love dogs, but now all of a sudden we think, and we think there was some kind of a traumatic event at her dad's house with a dog. Uh-huh. Now anytime we're around a dog, especially a bigger one, she literally almost climbs my leg. Oh. She will run up and just start freaking out, and she's anything to get her off the floor. Mm-hmm. And that's how we, you know, we're like, okay, come on. And I'll try and hold up my now 16-year-old granddaughter. Oh. And, <laughs> boy. Ooh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and try to get her, you know, protect her and let her feel safe again. And, and it's it's been weird. The dogs actually can tell when Allison starts freaking out because they'll back off. And especially if it's like a, a retriever who are therapy dogs in and of themselves. Right. It's almost like I can see in their eyes like, oh, I feel so sorry for you. I want to come and love on you and lick on you and put my head, just wrap you up. Uh-huh. And meanwhile, Al, the closer the dog gets, the more Allison's freaking out. And <laughs> the dog's like, I don't understand, but I'm such a loving animal if you get to know me. Yes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Yesterday, my 11 o'clock session walked in with a dog. I thought, oh, she got a dog. Well, actually what happened was that this dog got loose and was crossing Lexington Avenue as she was getting out of her van and came running up to her. Praise the Lord, there wasn't a car coming and it got hit. It had gotten away. It was came from across the street. We went there and checked some of the offices. Nobody knew anything about it. Long story short, studying the collar more, very faded was the phone number if something happened. Ah. This person calls the owner and I, what a warm welcome and how exciting it was to see the dog and her owner get back together. Aww. That was really cool. Let's take that spiritual hole for, for just a second here, Tom. All right. In God's mind, fear <clears throat> is something to be overcome because, you, you know, you've been talking about this is in our mind. So really these phobias come down to a battlefield of the mind thing right? The, that the enemy can use to disable neutralize us yeah for maybe sure maybe take us away from from god's calling that's right and we combat that fear especially if it's on a spiritual plane how do we combat that fear well so when we begin to talk about it's god's perfect love that casts out fear so the perfect love what is jesus and we call on him and again we begin to impact what we think we begin to impact what we feel. But let's go further. When we've talked about the definition of spiritual warfare, where every moment in time is claimed by God and counterclaimed by the enemy on the battlefield of the mind, because he's the prince of this earth, so to speak. The enemy is. So we can have a great moment in the Lord and, and praise him and feel close and and amen the sermon and the enemy goes you really believe that garbage 
So what he's trying to do is produce doubt. So see, we, we have a great moment with God and the enemy's capable of attacking it. So now let's begin to look at this twice has happened in my life in recent years that I remember. Now that might be a commentary on my memory too. <laughs> <laughs> Where I, I felt a nudging from the Lord and had fear and didn't do it. One, I was supposed to meet, uh, I had a meeting at Panera Oh, is that why you didn't show up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. It was a fear. Of, yeah. Well, and, and so as it turns out, I had to stop at the office to pick something up, and I had just enough time to get it and get some paneer and be on time. So I walk in the office, and here's this situation where this homeless individual had just walked in, and I have like six minutes to try and do something about this. Well, long story short, we agreed that he would go to uh, one of the walk-in clinics in town, and I would I was going to take him. So I take him, and he was very nice, very glad I was doing it. And before I let him out, I had this inkling I should pray with him. And I oh no, I got I got I'm late for Panera. I got to go. I look back and I wish, man, I wish I had. Mm, yeah. Probably ten plus years ago, there was a there was a situation where I was at McDonald's, Hanley Road in, in 13. And I noticed as I sat down at my table, there was this young lady, I'm gonna say she was in her mid-20s, maybe late 20s, uh, suitcase next to her. She's on the phone and she's crying. And I noticed that there's a flatbed truck like right outside where car that was on it had been wrecked. And I'm thinking, she's got her suitcase here. You know, I have to wonder if, in fact... That's her car on the flatbed. Yeah. And, you know, I just felt this urge to pray for her or to, you know, ask her if I could help her. And, you know, fear set in. I, I don't think I did. And so I got in my car and I left and I got home. And I told my wife, and I said, you know what? I'm going to turn around. I'm going to go back. Let me see if I can help her. She was gone. Those things happen. There are opportunities that our God uh, gives us an opportunity for. And and if we allow fear to set in like it did twice for me, you you lose. Yeah. That's what the newsboys called entertaining angels. Mm-hmm. In their in their song several years ago, all right. So we have broken the surface of phobias. Now there right. are there are some treatments we can talk about. And we've covered just some to the beginnings of those. And in my very own way, with uh, mere moments of exhaustive research, <laughs> I have come up with some other phobias that maybe you have or maybe you don't know about. We will <laughs> yeah. talk about those next time on the session. Until then, Tom, how can people get hold of you to chat? Well, I can reach at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com. 